another episode of the Snug Dan Nerdcast. As always, you've got me, Kevin, sitting at the table, and Danny across from me. And this time, I'm not falling down. <laughs> he is not about to fall over in excitement about Batman this time. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was an excitement, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we're, uh, we're back. Um, ready, ready to hop into some stuff. Uh, this week... Uh, we had a couple of things, a good handful of things actually dropped. There's been a lot of news, um, but, uh, you know, we, we got a few plus, uh, because of doing, uh, Batman on the last episode, uh, there's a couple of topics that, uh, took a back seat that we'll kind of touch on a little bit today too. I was eating an ice cube. My, <laughs> my apologies. Yes. Sorry, last time we we recorded, uh, Kevin told me that he had a few things he wanted to talk about, and when I came in, I was just like, Batman! He's like, all right, yeah, we're going to do Batman. <laughs> yeah, Batman. <laughs> so, so we've got some stuff that Kevin would like to talk about this time, and um, like he said, there's so much happening lately in the in the video game nerd sphere here, uh, comic books and all that. There's so much going on. Um, oh my God, I just read a trailer for Miss um, Marvel. Did you oh, see that? I didn't see oh it. Oh no. my god! It dropped. I need to see it, it dropped out of nowhere, I, and I don't so think I heard about, about it, about but it. I totally. We're gonna have to talk sh- about that a little bit because <laughs> because um, I wanted to talk about it too, and that's one of the things I forgot. There's so like I was saying, there's so much coming out that I just it's just there's so much flying out of my head. Yep. Um. So anyway, so prepare your ears for an influx of topics, timeless pieces of art that we're going to talk about to you we'll try today. to get through everything <laughs> yeah we'll try to we'll, we'll see so uh, i guess uh first off one thing i wanted to say was they added an update that like this honestly isn't even super news but they added uh voice chat into new world and i didn't realize that they did like i missed the notification for that update or like in-game something. voice chat yeah i think i saw it a long time ago and so the other day I was, or it was a couple of weeks ago now, but, um, when I decided I wanted to talk to talk about it, uh, <laughs> I, I hopped on new world and went into one of the cities and all of a sudden I just heard this like 12 year old kid talking and I was like, the hell I like pulled my headphones down thinking it was somebody outside, like yelling outside my window and it got quieter and I was like, what? put my headphones back on and small child talking and I was like what in the world is going on and all of a sudden I start seeing that little the little sound icon the like speaker icon oh, no. <laughs> appearing next to somebody's like tag in the town and I was like oh fuck this turn this off I don't want to hear people talking get the fuck out of here <laughs> it was on by default yeah Ooh. on by default I did not turn it on I logged in and it was there and I was like no I don't want this oh Amazon that's a mistake <laughs> yeah so is that going to be our first topic for the evening? Who started last time? We well, we did Batman, so I don't technically think I mean, either of us did. Right? I think I think like we had you start on it because it was like you had a bunch you had to talk about. Plus, you're also like not generally the biggest Batman fan, so you <laughs> yeah. wanted to like the fact that you enjoyed this was surprising to me. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I think I did. So you but. you go ahead and start. I think. Um, so I they in New World they also added a, a new weapon the blunderbuss. Um, I actually spent some time uh, using it today. Uh, I got to do some playing and it's actually not bad. 
I was, I was kind of, I actually kind of liked it. Like, honestly, there's a, a chance that I may end up respecting the guy that I made to, to play with you on new world from being a tank into being a, uh, a blunderbuss character. Really? How <laughs> yeah. do you like it? It was, it was fun. It was pretty cool. Mm. Um, and also like I've learned in that game that I am not the best at timings so like up close and personal only works if i have really good armor really good health and really high strength so i can just crank out dps while tanking and then just worry when my health bar gets kind of like down to half yeah and uh the character that i uh that i made to play with you i apparently am not as good at stacking up my health and my strength the way that i was with my secondary character um so like it was you mean it like was you really easy for me to die. <laughs> oh, you didn't really balance it very well with your HP. Yeah, I guess you need yeah. a lot of health. So I was kinda I kinda struggled a little bit with that, but um once I once I figured out like the right way to go, I switched to so I switched to using that blunderbuss just to just to check it out, just to kinda level it up and look into some of the stuff and I'll be honest, like the like shoot twice because it's it's got two rounds and it's like a like a bird shot like mm-hmm. yeah and uh the like two shots and then reload thing really wasn't even as big of an issue as i thought it was going to be well wasn't there previously like a musket yeah musket's been wasn't in that there like every and, like, shot you reload almost nobody used the the musket and i'm pretty sure yeah it was an every shot reload yeah uh blunderbuss sounds cool um what is that part of the? Because I so one thing that made me think of you because I've been hearing a lot about New World lately, and partly because I watch a lot of Osmond Gold and Josh Strife Hayes, and one of the things they were talking about is that New World has a roadmap now that they're taking the the game a certain direction. Yep. And I knew you were going to be on top of that, and I was wondering when we were going to talk about it, but I forgot and I just remembered. Um, so New World has this whole plan to basically relaunch the game like as far as i understand it it's kind of like they're they're not they're not taking away and relaunching it but they're like this is a whole new expansion to the game that's going to change like nearly everything like it's going to change how you play it's going to change the focus it's going to change like where everybody like devotes their time pvp is going to change there's going to be tournaments um there's a lot of huge stuff coming yeah, so we we kind of touched on the beginnings of it when we did the the New World update episode uh, it was a few weeks back, um, and I kind of talked about how they were going to be moving away from the uh, the like survival crafting type of game because that was kind of what they originally designed it to be, um, and then most people just weren't really about that. So yeah, they they've definitely been in the works of trying to trying to push it that direction. Yeah. Um, there's been some people that have been that I've I've seen that have seemed pretty excited about that change. Um, I don't know. It's uh, honestly New World is like my new Minecraft. It's you know I hop on. And I'm like yeah, burns, you know, burns just, quite a bit of time. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know burn like an hour grinding through some stuff. I'm like yeah, what can I work on today? Oh, I want to get my uh, stone cutting up to level fifty. All right, let's go. Which is yeah. cool. That's exactly how an MMO should be. It's cool that that is there for you. That's how RuneScape is for me. You know, I yeah. hop on and I'm like, oh god, there's so many goals I want to achieve. So I'll I'll grab this one today. You know. Um, so that was that was today. I was like, I hopped on and went. Hmm. Do I uh, 
they got the new blunderbuss out now. Uh, just you know, got that update like the other day. Let me uh, let me see if I have the ability to craft it, and if I do, let me see if I've got the equipment. And sure enough, I had both the uh, items to do so and the uh, the level in crafting to do so. And uh, so I built one and went for it. Hell yeah! Do you know what? they're including in all those roadmaps i know one of them is releasing soon they have three big pieces they want to release over the course of a few months i know that i um, i haven't looked or over super the course into of this year i haven't looked super into them i know i know like you that they have three that they want to do but i yeah i'm not sure what they are specifically yeah uh i mean if you're interested in new world it's going to be things like i think they're adding like a pvp like arena basically where like you and two other it's 3v3s i think Ooh. yeah it's 3v3 pvp battles and um so they're adding that i think at some point and i think they're revamping the game soon like in terms of like adding a bunch of quality of life stuff and like um i think like the way xp works a little bit and the way your skills work i think they're reworking some of the crafting and smithing as well like because i think if if i'm correct um a lot of times you can get better loot from like like battling high level mobs than you do grinding out your crafting. Yeah. Like apparently it it gets outpaced very very quickly and I think they're going to rework that pretty soon. I'm pretty sure that's how I understood it. They did adjust the uh the woodwork or the the woodcutting uh curve um cuz it was it was a lot harder to kind of level like grind out your your woodcutting, but there wasn't like so like you said, higher higher level stuff tends to yield the higher the higher reward type deal. Um there wasn't a higher level tree that you could cut until you hit like level one hundred. Oh god. So you were just standard trees. You'd be chopping tree. It was yeah, so like uh. you could do a small tree, like a young tree, and then you couldn't do a mature tree until level fifty. But then you know, after 50, there was nothing until like level 100. Then there's some specialty trees and it took so much grinding just to get to level 50. Like I can attest to that before they changed it. It was so hard. I don't know about now. I haven't tried, like I haven't tried grinding out my wood cutting since then. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those, like when I saw that they, they adjusted that curve for that one, I was like, okay, that, that makes a lot more sense. So I could I could definitely see them kind of starting to adjust the curve on a lot of the other stuff to kind of match that. Yeah. So what else are you doing in New World? Just the uh, the blunderbuss and grinding up your skills still. Have you mostly? Yeah. Have you made it to the new or to like the first uh, like raid dungeon or anything yet? Uh, on my secondary, I reached one. I've I've found a couple of them that are there that I'm you know able to do. Cause my secondary, so my, my primary is the one that I made to play with you. And I kind of, when I, when they, uh, added back a second wave of world transfer, um, God, so we can transfer characters now. I believe so. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody broke it yet. So I transferred my character on the, um, the world that I was playing with Kez on because Kez doesn't really play anymore. And pretty much that entire guild just kind of died when he quit playing um bad i uh i moved him over to uh the world that i play with the folks from uh derp company on 
Um, and they're a, a gaming group that I've connected with. Um, I moved to their world and joined their guild. Uh, and I've been playing that character just like when I get bored. And that's been a lot of like grinding skills and going here, there, everywhere. Doing whatever. Having a little bit of time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's actually that character is actually higher level than the one that I consider my main with you because I've been trying not to way too far outpace you because <laughs> like i know i i mean uh, we just i don't have a lot of time yeah <laughs> we haven't had much time to devote to sitting down and playing any games um no matter what they are so there's always there's always just so much more new stuff to play like i feel like i feel like once me and a few others just kind of once we get our fill of like elden ring <laughs> hopefully it it kind of fades off a little bit and more turns more into a game that we'll play on the side Honestly, right now once, it's kind of at the forefront of everything. Once you kind of get closer to that, we should, while you're still doing Elden Ring, we should actually uh, set up a list of games that we want to play together. Um, like come up with that. So when it kind of falls to the forefront, we can go, all right, we want to play this one, you know, beginning to end together kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. For content. I know yeah, I keep pointing to the whiteboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my, my brain is just kind of like putting a mental note. It's like, you know, the, the sticky note function on the, on uh, windows. Yeah. You can, like put a sticky note on your, on your, yeah, uh, throwing them. Yeah. That's like me putting a sticky note in my mental desktop, but the whiteboard is right there. So like <laughs> keep pointing to the whiteboard. Um, yeah, so I, I've got a pl- I've got a pretty big list of games that you need to play. Um, yep. Uh, but you've also been playing a lot of Lost Ark too, right? I yeah, I started playing Lost Ark, and so everyone who listened to our like gripe session about everything that we wish New World did better, uh, Lost Ark kind of does that. That's good. Um, yeah. Can't give full credit to Amazon on that one because it's an exist like it's an existing JRPG that they took over the Americanized edition of. Um, so, which makes it to where a lot of the problems that players want in the, you know, American edition are not available because they're just going off of the JRPG edition and it'll take a lot more time to make that adjustment than if it's like a slight coding bug. Um, like a lot of people were trying to request for, or have been trying to request for world transfers on uh, Lost Ark and mm. they're like, yeah, we hear you. We know you want world transfers, but it's not fully our game. It's just kind of like our Americanized edition, which means it's going to take like three times longer than it would if it was our game to be that's, able to go through the process. That's to be the able trouble to do that. with doing something like that is that like when you create a game in like Japan and then you move it to the to the you know Western countries, um, a lot of times they what they do is they package the game in whatever way they want to ship it out in like so um japan will have content that obviously we won't ever get mm-hmm. um that's becoming less common as time moves forward but thankfully a lot of times they'll take the game they'll package it they'll censor it you know with whatever's appropriate for the culture send it over to that country and then when the u.s starts working on it they'll edit some things they'll change some things add more cleavage to the boobs you know because they know americans love that <laughs> actually japan is king of that actually oh yeah but um uh so they'll package it send it over and then any updates that come to the game 
after that, if if it's not if the Americanized game isn't a whole separate version of the game and it's still running off of the same like s- the same servers and the same like um, I want to say like host body I guess over mm-hmm. in Japan where like new contents come to there then they come to the U.S. it does take longer because they have to send it over and then they have and then the U.S. has to take it rework it retranslate it everything else so it takes a lot of effort to do something like that. Um, but I will say there's been a lot of talk this like in the recent years about MMOs and I kind of have always agreed with something and I'll always go back to RuneScape because it's what I play but in RuneScape you can you can you can have one character and your character can go to whatever world you'd like and you can play with whoever you want on those worlds and I think that that's something people um, are starting to like more versus having a character dedicated to a certain world and then having to move that character or create a new one to be able to play with your friends. Mm -hmm. Um, That was kind of a thing that kind of like World of Warcraft did back in 2004, I think, when it came out. And that was like, the internet was a total different place back then. I don't know if you remember, but... um, (laughs) Dude, being on like a computer back then in the early 2000s was rough because when you if you wanted to play with your friends or whatever you really had to sync up there wasn't really we had skype you know there wasn't a discord there were no microphones there were no um video capture devices there was no screen sharing it was literally just like you call your friend on your phone um you coordinate a little bit and then you talk on the phone while you play your game you know it was it was rough um but now the internet is so interconnected. We're so able to connect with other people so quickly now that the entire separate world thing, I think, is a little bit out of touch. Um, and I don't know. I don't know the back end of it. Like, I don't know if they do that because the characters are a little bit larger. So they, you know, they the different worlds, the servers get overloaded too quick. But in my opinion, I really think they should be focusing on allowing someone to take their character and move them to whatever world for free seamlessly no hustle no 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 muscle you know um and just be able to play with the people you want to play with uh seamlessly because uh the whole world thing that's what i was talking about the whole like different servers and different worlds thing that was for things like world of warcraft maple story like back when mmos were ancient but we're not we're not there anymore we're we've evolved as gamers you know we've all evolved so it's I think that has a lot to do with why people kind of don't really get into MMOs anymore. They they see that they can't really, like, f- like if I start an MMO on my own and then you join, I'm going to have to either make a new character or, like, pay to have my character transferred to the world or something. And that's kind of boring. I kind of hate that. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> but all that to say, New World's transfer thing really got me. I was like, I was kind of like, man, I can't believe MMOs are still doing this, where it's like separate worlds. So it's interesting to see Lost Ark do that. I think, I think for them, it's more of a, they anticipated really high uh, traffic, or they made the the server capacity for number of online players too narrow, and so by being it on different worlds, they're able to break it up. Um, I'm not 100 percent if that's mm-hmm. correct, but. Um, yeah, you didn't make the game, so <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know for sure, but that's that's my guess on it. Did um, you? Is it cost free to transfer your character to a new world or? On New World, it was. Um, I don't think they've put in a, a world transfer on um, 
On Lost Ark yet? On Lost Ark yet, no. Uh, <laughs> one yeah. of the we'll call that one of the deadly seven horsemen of the <laughs> of the MMO world, you know. <laughs> world transfers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not being able to transfer your character in a, to a new world. That is a deadly sin. <laughs> the seven deadly sins yeah. of MMOs. Yeah. World transfer cost. <laughs> there's like a because there's like that for um, relationships and psychology. They call them the seven deadly sins. There's like you know lust, greed, jealousy, you know, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there we'll we'll work out a full list for MMOs eventually. One there day. Go, yeah. <laughs> all of our all of our super fans start that list. Number one, ding world transfer. <laughs> one thing I've seen about Lost Ark that's really cool is the uh, the combat. The combat looks really really fun. Actually, it I is. was watching Osman. I didn't watch him stream it, but I watched some of his videos every now and then. Mm-hmm. Apologies if you hate Osman Gold. I I think he's a cool dude, but I should, I follow him on Twitch. So oh, do you? Yeah. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I, I think he's and a I smart think guy. I have him on Twitter too. <laughs> but um, he uh, watching him play Lost Ark was kind of entertaining because like mm-hmm. you have your basic combos, but your abilities are so relative to the class you pick. Yeah, that's like, what I like so about it. So you pick you pick a class and then you pick a, a subclass. I forget the the term that they use for it. They use a different term than subclass, but essentially you have like your main class that you can pick from that's like five or six of them. And then each of those has like three or four different subclasses that you can choose from. And then your abilities are based on that, Um, which is really nice. I actually, (laughs) so (laughs) I found this out after I had already gotten into the character and leveled like almost 10 levels, but I... Ended up picking what is considered to be the most complicated class subclass in the game. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You have so me. many, so many different keys that you can press. <laughs> Gunslinger, right? Or, yeah. yeah. So I went, I went gunslinger for my class, and then I chose. Um, uh, so I think it's uh, was it? There's like dead eye. Um, there was like dead eye and a couple others, but like one of them you cycle through three different weapon types. So like you've got like dual pistols, you've got a shotgun and you've got a sniper rifle. Like the other two, uh, like, uh, gunslinger classes, you have like one thing that you're dedicated to. It's a launcher or it's a, I think it's a, uh, marksman rifle are the two for the other two subclasses. But this one you cycle between three. (laughs) And, and like it's it's up to you when you when you cycle so like i have two ro- like for my wait, for wait, my wait. double so you pistols can, you can change the primary weapon that you use even if you don't pick the class that suits that primary weapon or they all suit all of the classes oh no you only receive like a weapon like if you if you get a weapon you only receive like upgrades for that weapon type thing um so like basically um Basically, uh, with the gunslinger, like you'll only receive equipment that's compatible with your class subclass kind of thing. Okay, yeah. And then you cycle through the three: the shotgun, the marksman rifle, and the and the dual pistol. Like you can cycle through them like while playing. Oh, so gunslinger has all three. Yeah, I see. Okay, that's cool. That's interesting. Adds a lot of variety. <laughs> One thing that I like about it is that like you have your attack like. I can't remember. I think it's the shotgun where like one of your attacks is like you fire into the air or something and then the bullets rain down in kind of an AOE. Oh, that was spread. the uh, that was the pistols. Was it? OK, mm-hmm. see, that's even cooler. 
I think that's really neat because I'm so tired of MMOs being like, well, this is kind of a problem I had with New World too, was like you pick like the warrior or whatever, you know, sword, and then you get your first or second ability and it's like, cool, now use it. And your character just like crouches and does a quick jump and they like spin and it hits two or three times. That's like so generic. You know what I mean? Like when is it going to stop being a spin attack or a jump attack or a power move, you know, like a stab that does... 2.5 2.5 times damage and inflicts two bleed or whatever. Yeah. Like, how about we just like make a really diverse list of class abilities that that the that the fighter can use? You know, like if he's a sword, maybe instead of having the warrior be entirely melee, he can throw his sword at some points. You know, that'd be sick. I think. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I just think that that's that's what Lost Ark does really well. I feel like. Yeah. It looks like was... they make their class abilities super involved. That was so one thing playing Lost Ark like right at, it was right after we recorded our little gripe session about New World I ended up downloading and playing Lost Ark and a lot of the things that we complained about New World not having Lost Ark did. <laughs> and so like one other thing was like in New World we were like we don't we don't have any idea where the story's going. We don't know anything because there's nothing engaging us into the story. None of us actually care about what the dialogue is and there's no cutscenes. So like you have that first cutscene at the beginning and then that's it. Like nothing else tries to keep you drawn into the story. Like they tell you, they give you reasons for everything, but they they don't make it to where it's hard to skip by. So if you're one of those people that just speed quests, you're you're completely going to miss all of the dialogue and you're not going to catch any of it. With Lost Ark, there's cutscenes like yeah, you can skip the cutscenes, but like you have to kind of go out of your way to be like, yeah, no, I, I don't want to I don't want to hear this. And then like with each uh interactions, every every person you talk to, if they're a part of a quest, they will start and say the first line of their dialogue, even if you continue to skip through, they will continue to... to and that way, you still get a little bit of something. That's very yeah. smart. That's what I was about to say, too, was, like, a creative way to do that is to, like, include key pieces of information that, like, you have the people who could read everything, right? They read everything as it goes, and so they know the story inside and out. But then you also have people who could skip... And they'll hear or read a line every now and then while they're skipping to go, okay, I get it. I kind of have a, a broad view of the story. And that yeah. really helps motivate players to do your quests. I really think it does. Because yeah. I don't have patience to sit there and read everything. Mm-hmm. But like in RuneScape, for example, when you spam through a quest, a lot of times the NPC will have a piece of dialogue or two that'll just kind of like give you a rough idea of what's going on. And you're like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. And it really makes you involved with the quest. So that's cool that Lost Ark does that. I think that's very smart. Yeah, that was so like that was something I'm I'm one of those that like I won't generally skip through the cutscenes. I'll let the cutscenes play, but the dialogue for quests, a lot of times I'll just I yeah, spam yeah. that G button. Want to get Fuck through it, it. done. Quit give talking, me the XP. Give me my XP. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, but like they I'll, speak that first little bit of dialogue. Um, and then also like there's a, there's a good decent amount of cutscenes in there. So like I, with new world, I could not tell you, I, I didn't even realize until I started reading into updates and they start referring to it as the world of Ethereum. I would what not have been able to was? tell you that the name of the world was Ethereum yeah. <laughs> at all. Um, and then, uh, 
or Eternum, I, sorry, not Ethereum. Eternum. Like Ethereum, the crypto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, Eternum. Um, and then, uh, but with with Lost Ark, like I can tell you, you you start off, you are going with this like priest guy, and uh, you're looking to find uh, one of the Lost Arks, uh, which are relics that are uh, meant to be used for like taking down, like, you know, uh, they're, they're like used by the champions of the realm kind of thing. Like if you're, if you're going to receive a lost arc, you are one of the gods chosen kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of the idea that I got from it. Even yeah. for like, I saw a trailer for lost arc not too long ago. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't know they were going to be able to do that because they just localized the game and normally MMOs don't have ads. No, not on TV. Um, but I saw one the other day, my parents were watching TV. I walk out and I was like, Oh my God, they went all out for this. Cause it was like a huge cinematic, like yeah. commercial. Um, I haven't seen a commercial for an MMO since world of Warcraft back in 2005, <laughs> you know, yeah, no when kidding. burning crusade comes out, you know, <laughs> then the trailers all play on the TV. Yeah. Everybody wants it, but I haven't seen an MMO on the screen in pff, years, dude. Yeah. So kind of crazy. Um, the vibe I've gotten from lost Ark is that they're doing a lot of things well, uh, I, the only, the only, this is the only complaint that I've heard about Lost Ark is that you can buy the gold on Lost Ark because you can, because all Lost Ark's free, right? So that's how they monetize it. Yeah. They, so there's a lot of people that complained really heavily about it being pay to win. Mm-hmm. Osmond Gold was one of them. Uh, I have to only semi disagree with that. Um, based on what I've seen from myself playing and other people like I've okay I'm in a guild I make my 6,000 silver uh, guild donation every day I haven't actually played played in like three and a half weeks now and I still have over 300,000 silver like silver super easy to come by gold once you get into later game I'm not in that point I'm still in super early game but once you get into later game where you can earn it you put like an hour or two in and you're you're going to be sitting on several hundred thousand gold constantly like kez kez once he hit uh like late game and was playing he was he gave us an update on it. he was like dude i don't know why anybody's buying currency like literally this shit just gets handed out and he took a screenshot of his his computer and showed his silver and gold amounts and like he had just gotten into late game where they start really giving out stuff. And he was already at like 47,000 gold and, uh, you know, almost a million silver. And I think like a couple weeks later he updated us and he was like, yeah, I'm about to hit a million gold. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like they just hand out the currency. It, it may be, you may be able to pay for it, but if you actually enjoy the game and play, you don't have to. Right. Yeah. And I think that that there will always be people who like, Anytime you put like a currency that's viable into a game, there's always going to be people who that's their go- they want to win is yeah. their goal. And so the, for them, winning would be buying as much gold as they can, getting all of the best stuff as soon as possible. And then um, and then beating and, and reigning over the game as a top tier player or whatever. But uh, I know it's I know Lost Ark sparked this huge conversation about like what is pay to win because like some people were saying lost arcs pay to win some people are saying it's not 
and like in terms of in terms of like just basic like okay if i buy if you spend ten thousand dollars on lost ark are you gonna have an easier time completing the game than somebody who's playing free probably right but um i think that i think that it's really on the players to make the journey their own i'm kind of one of those people where like yeah you could like yeah i mean in runescape you could do the same thing you can actually buy gold in runescape legally uh you know uh, they have bonds that you can buy for membership and you can sell those bonds for in-game gold. Now, that won't that obviously will help you, um, but it's still on you as a player to do the things you need to do to make the game fun, right? And so I think a lot of people don't because they they find the processes to like level up and to get like your skills and equipment and stuff. They find that more fun than buying it. Mm-hmm. Um and it sounds like Lost Ark's done pretty good at that. I think most people have spent money on their special shards, I think, you buy to upgrade your stuff, right? Yeah. That's what I think most people are purchasing right now, mm-hmm. which I I personally don't like the idea of that because it really just encourages you to, to gamble, essentially, on, yeah. <laughs> on getting a better like weapon or whatever. Um, but I, from what I can tell, it doesn't look egregious. You know, the pay to win doesn't look egregious. You can also get mounts, I, I guess, that are faster than others. And I haven't noticed any, any difference between pay players and non-pay players. Yeah. I mean, and that's cool too, because so. you're a casual player and that's kind of the audience, right? So if the casual player doesn't really notice a whole lot, you know, maybe the streamers might, but you know, if you don't notice well, it, that's, that, sounds, that been, sounds like a good thing. Their updates have definitely been focused a lot on catering to the top players, the players that are playing constantly. It's they've thrown in some stuff that help out with the casual players, but a lot of their updates and a lot of their changes to the game have been to cater to those top players, which honestly I personally <laughs> I was I was a part of this debate in one of uh, Kazaya's streams. Um cuz somebody kind of complained that that you know, games don't cater to the casuals. And I was like, well, but here's the thing is if they cater to the casuals, they're going to lose all of the really serious players because the really serious players work to get where they're at generally. Well, I, if it's I, not a pay to if it's not a pay to win, the the serious players played the most and devoted the time. They're the reason why it's as successful as it is generally. Well, here's the here's the way it usually goes with MMOs. And this is the crazy part is like MMOs at first will appeal to the broad casual mm-hmm. audience. And then once they get people who are spending the thousands of dollars on their game, that's the audience they cater to because yep. that's the audience that's bringing where the, the money from. Exactly. Yep. So, it's, it's like they do and they don't though as well. Like I also saw like people fighting over whether or not like PvP should be in like MMOs and like uh, apparently the PvP crowd in the New World is pretty loud but small. Yeah. And in general, that's how it is for MMOs. In general, um, uh you would be shocked to find out that the very loud crowd who are PVP enthusiasts, you, those are typically the people who rush through the games, get to the end game content, and then they want to PVP everybody. Yep. Nothing wrong with that, of course. No. But that crowd is super small. Mm-hmm. And people all the time will complain about like, oh, well, why don't they introduce PVP updates? Why don't they like make PVP easier? Why don't they make PVP better? Because it's not, <laughs> it's not viable as a company to do so. Because the crowd is just so tiny. They're loud, but they're tiny. Um, it's it's such a small part, and it's way smaller than most people, I think, think about. 
Um, so like in terms of casual audience, if you're talking about PVP versus regular players, like the they absolutely cater to the, you know, to the the casual. I'm just playing the game crowd. Yep. Um, yeah, when it comes to that, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that just sparked my mind. It wasn't to contradict, mm-hmm. but it sparked my mind totally. Yeah. Another thing that uh, Lost Ark has going for it that uh, New World, something you actually specifically complained about New World, is uh, you complained a lot in New World about having to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. There has not been a lot of backtracking in my experience from what I've played. I think I'm sitting level, I think I'm like 35 character level. Um, there has not been at all a lot of backtracking. Most of the time it's, you know, I can pick up like three, four quests in one area and all of them, instead of coming back to that person, there'll be like maybe one of those that'll come back to that person. Everybody else, you'll finish it by delivering, you know, to somebody in the next, the the next stage of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. And it just kind of pushes you along through the maps. That's so interesting. I have no idea. New World was that was based here, wasn't it? Like they made New World. Yeah, that in the was US, all right? Amazon. Amazon came up with that. Fuck, man. I think that's why people were so harsh on it because, like, you have a company that is worth trillions of dollars and they can't invest enough in it to make quests that aren't mind-numbingly boring. Like, I don't know. But that's cool about New York. Yeah. New York is I, that's what I also or, New Ark I called it. Smash them together. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> Uh, Lost Ark is I've seen a lot of quest diversity too Um, you're not just like going killing five things and coming back going and collecting five things and coming back you're picking up boulders and carrying them to a Mm -hmm. site and building a wall or some shit you know like there's some there's some more creativity there which is like Americans are fucking stupid (laughs) is what it is because uh, clearly in the US we don't know what to do when we make a game but Japan they do it all the time they have like so they've also got like rapport quests where you can build rapport with characters like some like you'll start out with like oh you can do these little like gestures to build rapport with them and then like usually they'll give you like a rapport quest where it'll be like you know something connected to the character like oh you know everyone complains that i'm a terrible cook and i you know i need to learn how to cook better can you help me and they're like yeah sure you're like okay well i need this cookbook from this place and then i'm gonna need ingredients for this thing can you you know bring those to me you bring them to them and then like they you know they do their thing and they bring it out and you're just like then you know it's got there's also sections where you have options for what your response is to them Instead of right, just right, like, right. Scrolling yeah, okay, continue. Okay, continue. Like every now and again, the dialogue will stop you, and you have to pick a dialogue option. That's what RuneScape does. Yeah, it's a good idea. It keeps so, you involved a little bit. And so then, if you're just sitting there spamming the G button in Lost Ark, you're like, you hit a point where it's like, select an option. You're like, why are we not continuing? All yeah, oh, right, I have uh, to pick something. What am I picking? Uh, <laughs> and that also makes you feel a little bit involved and kind of know what's going on. And you're like, mm-hmm. uh, what am I doing? Oh, I'm asking her what kind of garnish she wants or whatever you know it's like oh okay i'm telling her what i thought about her food (laughs) yeah there you go yeah um that's very fable of them it's very like fable where you can kind of like develop a relationship with npcs and sort of um i don't know how in depth it is in lost ark i assume that those are just kind of quests that will pop up and then you 
It's like an every so often, yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't like build up a meter with the NPC or anything. It, it does, they, yeah. It does? Oh, it, see, like, that's fucking there's like awesome. A, there's like levels, essentially. That's so awesome. It'll, like, I'm gonna it'll have like to... fill a progress bar and then you level up and then it'll fill the progress bar again. I know what I'll do. One day I'll I'll hop on and I'll just stream Lost Ark. I'll stream Lost Ark and, and see what it what it feels like. Um, I'll play with you. Let yeah, me hell yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll make a fresh character on whatever world you make and play with you. I don't care. <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> so. Put, uh, that, put that on the sticky note. <laughs> quite a bit of Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, yeah. That went longer I, than I thought we would. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it wasn't just Lost Ark. It was also New World. I mean, yeah, it was like Lost Ark, New World, other MMOs different video games. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Kevin, so the trailer, I want to talk to you a little bit about the trailer for Miss Marvel because it dropped. Okay. It dropped, I think it was like only on, I don't think it's even aired on TV yet. I think it was only on social media that it oh, dropped. Okay. Uh. I so like I don't even really know Miss Marvel much as a character. The only thing I knew her from was the Square Enix Avengers game. That was the only that and the only reason I knew that was because I asked Joseph like who the hell is this kid that is in this Avengers game and he's like, "Oh, that's Miss Marvel." And I'm like, "That's Miss Marvel." <laughs> um and obviously the game did not do her very good justice because uh um the game failed. The game was awful. <clears throat> Now, it looks very much so like in the trailer for Miss Marvel, they are going with instead of we're instead of following an adult, we're following a ch- a, a a kid, a college kid, I think, um, which is her backstory. But she, I don't know. The movie looks a little bit too. It it looks too like corny for me. I guess uh, I don't know it. It seems kind of like they're taking her and making her like a nerd or a dork or whatever. And it's sort of like a fan fiction almost. I don't know if that's par for the course for Miss Marvel. The effects re- look really cool in the trailer. There are some scenes where she's like, where there's like some like purple lightning or some shit going on and like she's got some powers happening. But um, the character itself just seems a little bit. Uh, I don't know. She she seems a little flat, kind of just something I don't really something more akin to like a middle school audience would like to watch, you know, because they're very involved in drama and and feelings. Gotcha. Um, I don't. Do you know anything about Miss Marvel? I absolutely nothing. I haven't. I didn't know anything prior, and I haven't done any research on her, so I I do not know. I can't. <laughs> I can't help but feel like they're only bringing her in to the MCU because it's a. Because she'll become involved with the Inven- with the Avengers later. I th- I feel like that's the only reason they're making her, her movie. It well. doesn't. Because I, I know she's involved with the Avengers, but. Um, Feige actually confirmed that uh, Endgame was going to be the last Avengers movie. What? Mm-hmm. Which means that everything going forward that is MCU is not going to be Avengers. It's going to be something else. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> Avengers 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, know. they've got other iterations. They've got different, different, you know, collections of people. So there's there's still other other options out there without continuing with the Avengers. I think that was just, that was their, their close. Really? That just seems like such a... Because the Avengers are like, they're the ones protecting the Earth. Like, that's that's Marvel's Justice League, you know? Like, even if Justice League lost Batman and Superman, say, mm-hmm. 
they wouldn't be very strong, but they could still <laughs> call themselves the Justice League if they uh, bring in new people. I mean, I don't know. I always kind of thought the Avengers were sort of this collection of Earth's protectors, not this five group of people, because that's kind of, I mean, you know, Captain America shouts Avengers at the end of Endgame. It's everybody, right? Yeah. It's, it's the the entire continent of uh, T'Challa or whatever. <laughs> All of Wakanda. Of Wakanda, thank you. T'Challa's the king. <laughs> T'Challa's the king. Yeah. T'Challa's the king. <laughs> Rest in peace, Trevor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know that the Avengers was like liquidated. Or at least that's. I mean, that's that's what I read. I f- I don't remember where the article was from, but. That was definitely something that I read that they were like, yeah, Kevin Feige said that Endgame is 100% the last Avengers movie and that they'd be moving on to other other avenues. Oh, okay. So, Miss Marvel, I mean, it was just a little a little ditty I thought I'd throw in here because it, I just remembered it when we were recording. If you guys have seen the trailer, let us know what you think. I don't... It doesn't look like a movie I want to watch. Like, it was a trailer that was bad enough that I was watching it, and it made me go, I don't want to go to theaters to watch that. I'll wait till it comes out on Disney+. Plus. I'll watch it on Disney+, Plus, but I, it's just one of those movies. It, it doesn't look like it's for me. Um, but uh, one thing I want to bring up, too, and we probably should have done this at the beginning of the episode, one of our avid listeners, Matthew, uh, kindly corrected me from one of our previous episodes. Um, corrected us, I guess. Uh, so it turns out Bungie has not owned Halo for a very long time. Really? Yes. Bungie I did not know sold that. Halo to Microsoft a long time ago, apparently. I had no idea about that. So he was like, yeah, so when you guys are talking about Halo possibly becoming to PlayStation, he's like, never will happen. Never on the history of this earth. And I was like, you're right, you're right. See, now I'm, I I now have a bone to pick with the article that I read. I want to say it was Screen Rant. They were like, yeah, no, you're not going to see PlayStation coming to, uh, or I mean, Halo coming to PlayStation anytime soon because they only, you know, uh, Bungie only, you know, wrote up a contract when they were purchased to only allow Sony access to uh, Destiny and, you know, a couple of other games and not Halo. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, they're just, you know, sticking like they finished out a contract thing. That was the way they made it sound was like a Microsoft just had a contract that was still in effect that they couldn't give over the rights to Sony. Well, I guess technically they're still right. I mean, it's it's like, yeah, they didn't give the Halo contract. Because they couldn't, <laughs> you yeah, know. <laughs> like, but it's yeah, it's a, it's a very different, a very different statement than oh, they don't even own Halo anymore. That's a hundred percent Microsoft because they sold it off. To, and I was like, see, now that would have made much different. more sense. Yeah. Would have been like, oh, okay, so then bad yeah. information is what we got. <laughs> exactly. So thank you, Matthew, for yeah, correcting thanks, that. Um, Pre- appreciate yeah, you. Definitely good to to get that straightened out. But and while, shame on you, Screen Rant, for not uh, telling me about knowing that. Knowing that, goddamn it. <laughs> Well, and while we're on the topic of Sony and Microsoft, um, this is something that has just popped into my mind just now, but very recently, I don't know if you've heard, but Sony's revamping their PlayStation Plus service. Um, I heard you talking about it. I'm so excited for it. I don't know if you heard me talk in detail at all. Um, Our friend Nick, we talked about it with him a tiny bit, Mm -hmm. but uh, because you kind of heard me talk about it, I have more information on it. So... uh, because he asked me, like, is PlayStation Plus or is PlayStation now going away or what? So there's a bit of confusion there, um, and I'll go over all of it right now. So prepare your li- your ears if you don't know a lot about 
um, PlayStation and, and Plus and PlayStation Now and what all that is. So we have PlayStation Plus standard um, essential is what they're calling it. They're calling it essential. It's the normal subscription that you can buy and have always been able to buy. $60 a year, $10 a month, or like $8 a month or something. I can't remember what the tier is. It's, it's $10 a month or 10, 60 a year. Yeah, so 10, 10 a month, 60 a year. There's also a six-month plan or whatever that's like 30 or 35 or something. I can't remember. Um, but point is, 10 a month, 60 a year. And then what they're doing is, so they're taking PlayStation Now, which was PlayStation's retro service. So uh, one thing that a lot of people were confused about was that is PlayStation Now basically like Game Pass? Not really. PlayStation Now was sort of this service that lets you play older titles like PS3, PlayStation 2. That was how I always understood it too. I had Mm -hmm. somebody try to tell me that there were games that were released for PS4 only, you know, PS4 generation on, on uh, PlayStation Now. And I was like, I could have swore that they released PlayStation Now specifically to be able to play backwards. What they did is they did release, like, the Uncharted collection, I think, on PlayStation Now. They released, like, a couple of PlayStation exclusives to PlayStation Now as part of an incentive to get you to try it. Gotcha. So in addition to all the PlayStation 3 games, you also got some of the really good exclusives like the Nathan Drake series. It okay, typically that makes was, more sense. Typically it was PlayStation exclusive studios that had story-driven games that were iconic to PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is gone. PlayStation Now is gone. It is not a thing anymore. It was like $7 a month too. Something like that. If you yeah. were going to play it. Instead, I think they had a, I think it was like $7 a month or 50 bucks a year. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a an option. I I did the trial and you know what? For a streaming service, I actually kind of enjoyed it. I played uh, Infamous One and Two on there because I really loved those games and I miss them. And I need uh, to play them. the, I mean, there were, it lagged a couple of times. There were times where like I would jump as my character and it would like slow down, and then it would speed up really quickly and catch me back up. That happened every now and then, but it was very playable. Mm-hmm. And uh, so no more is that a thing for PlayStation now. But instead, you have PlayStation Plus Extra, I think is what it's called, and what that gets you. <laughs> For an additional two dollars a month, I believe for for twelve ninety nine a month, you get four hundred plus PlayStation Plus exclusive games. So the catalog of PlayStation Plus released games, I'm sure, is what it's going to be, which has an insane amount of good titles on it. We're talking Ghost of Tsushima. We're talking Bloodborne. We're talking, um, I think Dark Souls Two was on there at one point. We're talking like big titles exclusives. A 400 catalog uh, plus, um, I, I messed up my words there, but 400 plus games in a catalog Yep, that you get for free for being subscribed for an additional $2 a month. And then they have PlayStation Plus Premium, which includes 400, those same 400 games, mm-hmm. all of the games that were on PlayStation Now. So all of the PS3 titles that you, they're still stream service. So, I mean, you would still have it, but it's free access to those Mm -hmm. PlayStation one and two and PSP titles, not all of them, but a collection of them. And you also get this like free trial mode for games that you purchase on PlayStation store. So like if you buy a game on PlayStation store, you get a certain amount of time to play and try that game and you can refund it. 
I thought that oh. was fucking genius. That's honestly, that's excellent for players that run through games really quickly that are like one and done. They don't ever do new game plus type yeah. stuff with games. If they run through it fast enough that they beat the clock on that return, they could buy the game, beat it and then send it and, you know, return it and not not even actually take any, you know, they're just down the cost of the game until they beat it, essentially. Yeah. So like, <laughs> so and so, so the PlayStation Plus Extra is fifth is uh, twelve twelve ninety nine a month, I think, and then PlayStation Plus Premium is a little bit pricier at seventeen ninety nine a month, or sixteen ninety nine, one of those two. But I mean, we're talking an extra seven dollars for an extra seven hundred games for yeah. free. I th- I think that that's like, at least as far as I understand it, that's the way they pose it on the PlayStation site. They don't explicitly say that the games are free on there, but I really doubt they would make you pay a premium to be able to buy games on the service. That wouldn't yeah. make sense to me. So if that's the case, it's a terrible decision, but I don't think it is. Um, we still haven't seen the, the catalog of games they're talking about, so it's possible that the games could all be shit. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I think they're in talks with many of their PlayStation-exclusive studios to say, like, hey... I think we're going to put your game on the service. Here's what this means for you. And like, here's where the money will come from for you. Um, and it, the reason I brought this up was because in that Microsoft acquisition and Sony acquisition video uh, cast, we were talking about, we were talking about how Sony is such a in touch company. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, Xbox game pass is about 16 a month. I think that I think Sony's doing it better. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I think that they're. I think that that's a much smarter move. Um, one of our friends, I guess, was telling me about how like Sony still doesn't have the capability to be able to play wherever. I think that's coming at some point. I think that at some point they're gonna implement that. I believe I read um, a blog post on it. I think that they're working on it. But okay. even so, I don't care personally. Like I don't really. I use my PC for PC games. I don't have time throughout my day to play my games on my phone. That's not going to happen for me. <laughs> yeah. I can't bring a controller with me everywhere I go and and stream my games. So it's not really something I care about. And personally, from what I've seen, I don't really think it's what the general market cares about either. I think it's a you know, moot point. I don't see a lot of people actually. I think Nick is probably the only person that I've seen actually <laughs> using the the um remote yeah. play one stuff. out of how many people that we know you know like a lot and um and uh i mean one of the big advantages to game pass is that you also get the games on pc so that is kind of a big advantage and yeah yeah that is important but i but you know for 16 dollars a month i just think that playstation's option is a little bit better um especially because it has i think playstation just has a strong amount of exclusives uh, mm-hmm. That are that are a lot higher quality than than Microsoft. So PlayStation fanboy all the way. Mwah. I'm loving I'm you, right Sony. It's you. a good ass move on my. It's a good ass move in my opinion. I think it's insanely good value. I think I'm gonna try it when it comes out because there are so many PlayStation Three games that I was like, I would love to just play these all the time. Yeah, and I just might look have into the that option too. to play them, but I don't want to pay an extra eight dollars a month on top of the ten. But I will now if I get a bunch of free PlayStation games along with being able to stream those. Sure, I'll do it. Yeah. That seems like a really good amount of value for me. And our buddy Joseph, who just got a PS4, um, 
from me. I gave him mine. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Who has no games? I'd say I think that's incredible value. I think that that is like really good. That's a really good option to give somebody so that they can just play your games with their friends. It's also it's also a very uh, very valuable service for someone like me whose Blu-ray player in their PlayStation is broken, so all their hard copy discs are completely useless. Well, and the cool <laughs> thing too is that a lot of times, unless a game is on sale, the digital version is sixty bucks throughout time, which sucks. Whereas now, if you are part of that subscription, it is free versus being $60. So, you know, I mean, hey, that's pretty good. And then there's always PlayStation Plus sales that go on, too. Yeah, as long if you play if you play often and you like playing different games, you like a lot of different games, it's good. Wouldn't yeah. recommend it for somebody whose PlayStation is basically a glorified Netflix machine. That that's a waste. <laughs> um, I'll I'll read off the the premium plan right here just because I have there it pulled go. up and uh uh, so we talked about the the 400 game catalog that you get in the PlayStation Plus Extra subscription. So this is the premium. It provides all benefits from the essential and extra tiers. So the standard plus and then uh, the the 400 games. And there were some other things too in the extra tier. I can't remember what they are, but they were little smaller extras. Gotcha. Um, this adds up to approximately 340 additional games, including PlayStation 3 games available via cloud streaming, a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from PlayStation, uh, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 1, and PSP gens. Offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tiers in markets. Ah, so... They are actually doing cloud streaming in the tier before this one, so the fifteen ninety nine a month to stream uh, your PS two, PSP, and PS four games. So even then, they're doing retro games. Uh, where PlayStation Now is currently available, customers can steer games using PS four and PS five consoles and PC. So they're implementing their own PC uh, PC tools to play your games as long Excellent. as it's streaming. Uh, and then this is what it is. Time-limited uh, game trials will also be offered in this tier, so customers can try select games before they buy them. I assume that will have to do with the studio and whether or not they want to enable that. Yeah. I assume most studios will because they'll have confidence in their games. And I think Sony's seen the success because that's something they tried with uh, Final Fantasy VII when they remade it. Mm-hmm. They made a demo for it, and I think it did really well, and it got a lot of people to buy the game. So I think that Sony kind of has seen the proof in the pudding. Um, so yeah, so for for the U.S., uh, that's going to be seventeen ninety nine a month, forty ninety nine uh, quarterly, and one hundred nineteen ninety nine annually. It sounds like a lot, but when you think about it, I think HBO Max is like fifteen dollars a month. That's for HBO Max, you know, for like the no ads tier or something, or it's twelve ninety nine or something. But you know, that's that's a whole lot of game. And free gaming for $17 a month. That's a lot, dude. 400 games. I think I've played that many games maybe in my lifetime so far. Maybe not even. So yeah, I want to say that's somewhere around the same range as the the current price of Amazon Prime, too. So, you know, if you want to if you want to kick your Amazon Prime to the curb. And, yeah, uh, for real. And and uh, get some some PlayStation on. Yeah, dude, I think, I mean, it totally sounds like I'm just fanboying for PlayStation, and I totally am, but if any of you people out there are playing on Xbox or Microsoft consoles, and your friends are having fun playing, you know, Bloodborne or whatever, you really want to give it a try, I'm telling you, this is your chance, I really think this service is a good idea, 
if people are upset about the price, I wouldn't be upset if a mob convinced Sony to lower the price to like 12 bucks a month, 15 <laughs> a month, or like, sorry, like to lower the price to like, you know, t- eight a month for the standard, 10 for the extra premium, and then 15 for like the super premium or whatever. I think that would be a little bit more of a palatable price point for affordable, um, for affordability, but I think even as it is i think that's just crazy value it just sounds like a lot you know um so anyway that was my little update on like playstation because i thought that was huge they're changing their entire subscription service i think that's a big deal and i'm definitely going to give it a shot and you can always and it's optional too you can opt in or opt out it's up to you yeah you don't have to pick the premium tier and it's not like someone who has the premium tier can do a whole bunch of things that you can't it's more like they just have access to games that for free um anyway kevin <laughs> so what else what else did you want to talk about what else was there uh, there was a bunch so i so we had talked about coming back to it after i had mentioned just watching the first couple episodes you ended up watching the entire season before i managed to finish it of uh legends of vox machina oh, yeah yeah um, and we had decided off cast that we would come back and talk about it some more after uh, after I had finished it as well. And uh, probably I'd say probably an hour before well we had to, we had to cancel because of some some outside plans the week before we recorded the Batman stream. And probably an hour before that, canceled stream i or that uh canceled uh recording i uh i watched the rest of box machina the, the season so i have also seen the whole thing <laughs> yes yes okay well well man vox machina would require its own cast i think to really talk about but to, to fully dive in yeah but, but surface what are, thoughts what are your overall thoughts i mean I, what did you think of the show out of 10 let's just say out of ten, I probably I'd probably give it an eight. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. I'd give it eight or nine, even. I thought it was fucking awesome. It was it was really good. I was actually I went back uh, after finishing it and looked through a lot of the reviews on uh, Amazon uh, Video, mm-hmm. and and purposely looked at like all of the bad ones. And so many people were complaining. Like, there was a bunch of people that were like, "Why would they release this if it doesn't add any extra content? Why are you why kidding would they, me? You know, this is just a it's just an adult rated kids show." And I was like, "Yeah, these are these people like." Of course it's an adult-rated adult kids show. Rated it's kids an show. adaptation okay. of a campaign somebody created out of a D&D set. Why would you think that it... I know. This is... <laughs> I was laughing at them because they were horribly stupid. Like, yeah. everybody that complained about the Legends of Vox Machina, their reasons for it were just, like, uh, semi-delusional. Like, I just couldn't... I was like, They uh, must be. No. Because <laughs> get it, out of here. Listen, if you understand what Vox Machina is, I guess I could get that sentiment if you're looking at it and you don't understand that it was... I guess that is kind of a wide audience of people who see it and they're like, ah, this, what is this? You know, they don't understand that it was a campaign of a, I mean, I, I felt like it was put out there pretty well. And most of the, most of the coverage that I saw about it, a lot of it was, you know, very clearly stating that it was the video adaptation of the, you know, of the campaign from critical role. What I don't think people get though, is that it's, that's a big deal. 
I don't think that they understand how huge that is to be able to take essentially a group of people goofing around and having fun and making a professional production out of that. I don't think that people understand how big of a deal this is because man <laughs> growing up when we did that shit would that shit never happened no. people didn't record themselves playing D and put it on youtube people didn't that was not a thing and nope. and and certainly it never got animated into a full-blown tv show and was as good as if a professional studio had just made a tv show that was never that hasn't been achieved before at least not to my knowledge yeah, no, um, not that I'm aware of. Without either. recent history, anyway. Yeah, I think that what those people don't get in the, I mean, you can like the, sh- you can dislike the show, obviously, like that's fine. Yeah, it's, but you know, you're well within your opinion. But but there's something to be said about the respect for having Amazon, the Amazon Studios that that animated it, um, which I've I've been told is the same team that animated Avatar: The Last Airbender. Apparently, that's what I was told. Um, Good to know. But there's something to be said about taking a group of people who are goofing around and just imagining things in their head, and then a studio taking that and then creating a full-fledged TV show at it. And that show is just as good as something, or if not better, than something a professional studio would make, conceptualize, write out, storyboard for, and then produce. It's the same. And I think that's a huge deal. That's a really big deal in in media and in um, kind of the nerd sphere. Because it means anybody can do it. So my my thing with Legends of Fox Machina, you know, season one, is I'm pretty sure that's nowhere near the entirety of their first campaign. I'm pretty sure that's just the Percy's backstory arc. Yeah, that's what, it, se- that's what it seemed like. So I'm pretty sure they've got room to make more. I just haven't heard as to whether or not they are going to make okay, more. So because because I know of people who are going to listen to this <laughs> in real life that we know, mm-hmm. let's go over really quick what Vo- Vox Machina is. Because okay. I, we've talked about it before, so they <laughs> might remember, but I want us to give a rough idea so that they can watch it because... It's so goddamn good. So it's it's essentially it's this this group of heroes, this kind of ragtag down on their luck. What well, was group. it? Was a Critical Role D and D campaign yeah. first of all, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. That was so their their first campaign. I guess so yeah. If we break it all the way down, so uh, Critical Role. Um, if you don't know who they are, you listen to this podcast. I'm I'm not sure what side of your rock you're listening to our podcast from under, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they are like the largest actual play D and D podcast on the market. Um, We're talking professional sound effects, like immersion, yeah. really good storytelling, really good character development, well written. Like we're just we're talking somebody who sat down to make something that they put like should be paid for time into it, and they are paid to do it. Matt Mercer is like. He's the Godfather. I would, of I would absolutely say that it's probably not out of realm of possibility to to uh, call him a world renowned uh, sure, yeah. DM uh, and a famous <laughs> is, voice actor. Actually, yes. he voice acts Levi in Attack on Titan. I didn't know that. That's all of all of their mind. crew. Their voice actors. Yeah, I knew that, but I didn't know Matt Mercer himself was so prominent gotcha, in the voice okay. acting space. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. No, he's he is amazingly good. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, so he kind of, he runs a campaign that, um, 
you know, the, the group that is critical role plays in and, um, they are currently on their third campaign and all of them are in the same connected universe. Um, so he's created this entire universe known as Exandria, um, that is what they play in on each of the campaigns. And this is like the first recorded iteration of their D and D adventures in Exandria. Um, the first group of people that he ran it through their adventure through Exandria. And this is what I would call the first chapter of that adventure. Yeah. Uh, when they started the, the podcast that is critical role. Yeah. Cause it's really interesting. You go through half of the show doing one thing and then the show just kind of like pivots into a different arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then the first thing wraps back at the very end, uh, which is why I didn't want to talk to you about it till you finished it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but <laughs> so you totally get it now. Yeah, but uh, it's so cool how they how they do it because like, especially if you've played D anD D, you have all these cool ideas in your head of how things play out, and t- like to just go to up to a studio and be like, "Can you guys animate this and make it a TV show?" And they're like, Psh, "Yeah." And they do it. That would be so cool to do. Yeah. So luckily, Matt Mercer is the one who got to do it um, because it's fucking entertaining as hell. Uh, so yeah, we we start off with like this adventure group who's in a bar. You know, they they do a classic D and D move. They get into a bar fight. <laughs> yep. They're poor as dirt. They don't have any money. Um, and one thing I didn't get from the group off the bat was how strong they were. They're actually very strong. Yeah. They're incredibly strong for for who they are. I mean, they have a bar fight where they beat up another group, but mm. I didn't think that that group was some was like a special group. I thought it was just like one strong dude and his lackeys. Yeah. But you don't really understand how strong the group is until a little bit later. But they get into a fight in the bar, right? And then they and then they uh they are looking for a job and uh oh. the show kind of uh... prefaces this dragon that's fucking eviscerating people just like like they don't point out that it's a dragon, but like anyone who understands like D and D lore and the lore around dragons in D and D, you look at it and you're like, okay, yeah, it's a dragon. Yeah, it's the strongest <laughs> thing you can possibly fight most like, of the time. Uh, it's a dragon <laughs> within within the mortal realm. Yeah. Um. So like, so this thing is fucking up all these adventures. The king is like, what the fuck do we do? We're gonna need like some good ass people to. We're gonna need spoilers ahead. By the way. I guess. Well, no, I think we could do this spoiler free. I do think we can. Mostly at least. I think so. Um, so I won't spoil, but there's a king and he's like, we need people to do this. And so Vox Machina, obviously they're looking for riches. So they're like, Hey, we could do it. Yep. And, um, well, Kevin, they, they go, (laughs) they go hunt a dragon, don't they? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and is yeah. that still that's all episode one, right? Yeah. They they leave the kingdom, they go to fight the dragon, and um Matt Mercer, being the genius he is, instead of having them find the dragon right away, they actually walk through this this village of people who um they know who they are, kind of. They don't know who the Vox Machina is, they just know that they've been sent to take care of a dragon. And uh what's really cool is it sets up this this play a little bit later in that same episode. Um, again, I won't spoil, but uh, it kind of wraps back their relationship with that quick village right there. I think at one point they ask the cleric of the group to bless their house or something, and uh, <laughs> she does, and we see how that turns out. Yep. 
so yeah the the group is pretty uh they're pretty standard D D cliche like uh you have like grog who's a who's a big buff barbarian he's a goliath barbarian yep goliath barbarian uh, just like philip <laughs> in my in my campaign <laughs> Um, there's Peak, who's the, uh, tiefling cleric, right? She's a tiefling, right? I think. Yeah. She's small. Or, that. or gnome. She might be a gnome. I, I don't know. I, she's one of the two. Uh, there's, um, shit. What's his name? The bard? Uh, Scanlan. Scanlan, who's a, a horny ass bard. It's a halfling bard. Yep. He's a halfling. Uh, I think they're both halflings. They I might be. Is. Yeah. Um, and there's, uh, shit, the, the two rogues, there are two rogues or one's an archer and one's a rogue. I think, I think it's, I think it's a ranger, ranger and a rogue ranger and that's and Vex and Vax. Vex and Vax. Yeah. They're brother and sister who were, uh, raised by rogues, den peeps, I guess. Um, that's the vibe you get anyway. And then you have, uh, I think last but not least is Percival yep. who is a gunslinger fighter or a blood hunter. Sorry. Right. That's. Was he? I mean, I, thought, I was pretty sure he was gunslinger. Is he just a gunslinger? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's gunslinger. Um, um, he's just this. He's your typical white-haired, very smart, very proper kind of dapper man who who tries to do the right thing with his group, but is like, ugh, these idiots. And he kind of he sort well, of leads the group he, a little bit, but not he really. Looks, he looks like the the more virtuous one until you really get to know him. Yeah, <laughs> which is so cool. Um, so anyway, that's kind of your, your group that you have and they go and they're, they're tasked to fight this dragon and this thing fucking whoops them. Oh yeah. Um, which of course, uh, cause it's the beginning of their journey. So, you know, they go to fight it, they lose and they return and, um, will be, this will be a slight spoiler. I don't think it's a very big spoiler, um, to hear, but they return they're kind of on their way back after getting their ass asses kicked by this dragon uh to go return to the king and be like oh yeah it's a dragon we found out what it was and uh the entire village that they had just interacted with is burned to the ground uh and destroyed and i think at one point i can't remember who it is but somebody goes into the into a house where they had interacted with these kids and everybody's dead um and they find one of the kids i think it's it's either Percival or or um, Vox, or it's a, Vax. I mean, yeah, it's one of the twins. It's either Vax or Percy, but he holds the kid that he had interacted with before, and the kid's like, "Help me!" He's like dying, and uh, Peak tries to heal him, and it just doesn't work. Um, and then so begins the the legend. <laughs> so begins their adventure, you know. So yeah, they very quickly turn from. Uh, this group who's looking for money into a group who's looking for revenge and kind of vengeance uh, on this dragon. They go from from like, ah, this dragon kicked our ass. We're not doing this for money. Get the fuck out of here to like, okay, we need to stop the dragon because it's look at this, <laughs> yeah. which is really cool. Um, and you can tell watching the show that there are things throughout the show that like was a role or is supposed to be funny or like is just Matt Mercer telling a story. Mm-hmm. And then the production company kind of took that and made it more into like a TV show. So the characters make all the decisions that their character type should make versus what they probably actually did. Um, I haven't listened to their campaign, but as uh, far as I know, they, they utilized the, uh, the published recordings as a transcript to create it. So, I'm sure they had. There but was I'm a sure lot they, they had. They to had like, to have changed a thing or two. You know, there's no way. I don't think that they, unless they all just played super cliche, 
um, or I wouldn't Matt told be surprised them how to play. If they did play super cliche the entire like uh, I've I've listened to bits and pieces of their second campaign and a good portion of the beginning of their third. And is it more like they're acting than they they make a lot of a lot of like decisions that tend to be cliche when mm, they play predictable. Okay, yeah, interesting. Well, I mean, which is fine. It's fine, but. I just feel like there's certain decisions the studio makes when they animate it that turns it more into a standard TV show, um, uh, especially later on. So like the show, so the show anyway is kind of centered around the dragon for like the first few episodes. Yeah, and then they find out that things aren't as they seem, and they end up killing the dragon. Right, it is the same dragon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so much for spoiler free. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, you I mean, know you that they're going to do, do it. it you know that they're going to do it. Um, I'm not going to tell you what the dragon is, and yeah, that's even, fair. Even there's so much to the dragon yeah. that knowing that it dies isn't the biggest deal. Um, they move on to essentially Percival's story, uh, and Percival has like these flashbacks when they go to dinner after being congratulated for being the dragon. He encounters these people who are essentially the rulers of a town called Briarwood or a kingdom called Briarwood. Uh, and these, these people apparently had a past with Percival. He's apparently from that land and they sort of, um, they're involved in a very negative way into his backstory. <laughs> and so Percival... That's, kinda, that's what kicks off the uh, the Percival arc of yeah. this entire thing. They don't really like him very much. What did you think of that whole arc? I thought it was I, so good. I was... Yeah, I was... I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, I was I was very much about the uh, the Percival arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his character. I when I, I was know. thinking of his character, I was like, "This is totally a character Kevin would play. Like, this is totally <laughs> like a character that Kevin would enjoy it, playing." It does feel like a me character, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, but also, it's such a you know, Vox Machina is cliche in every single way, but it's cliche in all the right ways and yeah. all of the fun ways. Like, yeah, these are tropes. Yes, they're doing the predictable thing, but it's so good and it's so well done that you really don't mind. Yeah. Uh, and man, I guess it is kind of hard to talk about it without being spoiler free, but we don't really have much time to go over it anyway. Um, Percival's story is really cool. He's not who he, who you think he is. It's cool what they do with him internally. Mm -hmm. Um, he has this sort of, he has the, I'll, I'll give a quick synopsis of his mission. He, he goes through the series without too many spoilers killing people responsible for his family's death essentially they yeah. his family is essentially dead they're, they're he's a lone survivor yeah. and he will go after the people who killed them that is his goal he has their names etched on the gun that he made himself um and whenever he goes to essentially enact vengeance and kill the people responsible for his family's death uh he puts on a mask a plague doctor mask that sort of it symbolizes something else entirely uh, yeah. that you don't really know until you see it and you're like, okay, that's not normal. And even his comrades are like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, when he goes to enact vengeance, you see this greater narrative thread uh, that they wrap up very nicely at the end. Uh, 
So to find out what that is, it's sort of like this black smoke that sort of surrounds Percival, like the more hate that he has in his heart for these people, the more the black smoke kind of takes over and takes control of him. It's very beautifully animated. Uh, and you're going to have to watch Legend of Vox Machina to find out what that is and whether or not Percival um, enacts his vengeance because the story concludes uh, in season one yeah. for Percival. But whether or not it concludes happily or in his favor, you will have to watch the show and find out because it's so worth it. I don't feel like spoiling it. Um, What did you think of like the very end? Of Percival's story in Vox Machina. What do you mean? Well, just the the way it sort of ended. Oh, I, I mean, seemed fitting. <laughs> okay. The way it ended, I don't. It's uh, I don't know. Struggling. I'm struggling with the question here. You are, yeah. Without without spoiling things. I guess I guess without spoilers, it's a little bit hard. Um I would just say that the series ends I would just say that the series ends in a an open door sort of way. Yeah. Not the series, I guess the season one ends. Season two is coming very quickly, so uh which is great. Is it confirmed? I believe so, yeah. I believe that they confirmed season two was gonna happen. Um Season two of Invincible is coming out soon, too. That was another thing I want to talk about. But um, when you watched Vox Machina, Mm -hmm. what what did you think about, like, the the whole side journey for Peak? That one was kind of... I don't know it was interesting i kind of liked i liked the the um attempted redemption arc kind of uh feel of that i like how they changed it i like how it was like gonna be a typical redemption arc where it's like oh i'm sorry kind of a thing and then yeah. they turn it into like nah like yeah be you, dog. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah it was very cool um if you're if you kind of like shows that turn things on their heads a little bit and kind of give you a little bit of a surprise vox machina is there too um, I guess it is kind of hard to talk about it without throwing out spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's zombies. Zombies are cool. Yep. yep. Zombies <laughs> happens. That's the Zombies thing. happens. <laughs> um, the show's very gory. Yeah. They really went all out on the gore fest. Yeah. I liked that. I, I liked that they weren't afraid to have, you know, very adult content. Yeah, it's so strange, the audience they cater to with it being animated, too, because it's like, you think because it's animated, it's for, like, teens or, you know, kind of, like, the edgier side of, of like, growing up, but uh, it's very much so, like, it's every which way uh, an adult-oriented nerd appeal. Like, mm-hmm. they very much so appeal to the adults playing D&D. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is awesome. Um, so with Vox Machina on the docket, I I don't know if there was anything that you wanted to talk about relating to it explicitly. I just kind of wanted to do a synopsis. Oh, of, you know, of just the group. our little, just basically what, what we've done is, is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, cool. Um, I'm glad that you watched it. I'm glad that you liked it. It's a solid eight out of 10, in my opinion, maybe even nine. Uh, one of the better shows I've ever seen, and I can't wait for season two. 
is there anything else, Kevin? Um, well, I mean, I uh, anyone who who follows me on Twitter uh, and pays attention to my tweets saw my my tweet last night. Oh my um, god! About that's right. critics, uh, I I went and saw Morbius yeah. last night. And um, I'm not I'm not gonna spoil anything. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get too deep into it because Danny hasn't seen it yet. We'll have our um, own episode. I'll, I'll, we can talk we can about do, it because yeah. it's so controversial. That we can I'll... do a separate one. But I I I really liked it, and I personally think that everyone who's hating on it is completely wrong. Like you're completely entitled <laughs> to your opinion, but you're absolutely wrong. Oh man, <laughs> like you you can believe that it's bad, but that you're wrong. I don't know if that's that's you all guys I got for may you. get a podcast episode where Kevin and I are just disagreeing the whole time. It's it's entirely it's possible. possible. Yeah, Danny Danny might, might not like it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Thank you to the asshole that decided to <laughs> speed off. It is 25 miles an hour. Your exhaust should not be that loud. There are kids walking up up oh, and yeah. down the street I'm from like school two blocks just now. From a school. Like, not long ago, this guy's like trying to go 80 on this yeah. road. I hate. I'm like, I've never I'm, understood it. We're literally it's two blocks to the school. It's around the corner. Um, never here anyway. No. no, they sit at St. Mary's all the way down around the corner, or they sit at the hospital on the other side. <laughs> the the only thing they do for speed is occasionally they'll set up the speed van over here by the school, but that's it. Um. Anyway, digression. Um. What you call it? I so I personally since we you know we watched the Morbius trailer. Or I watched the Morbius trailer, and then I did a bunch of digging on who Michael Morbius was. Um. I actually felt like it f- followed the um Morbius trailer fairly well. Somebody knocking on your door? Yeah, you want to pause? Hang on, we're going to pause. Sorry for this blatant cutout. Uh, Kevin <laughs> had a tamales man trying to sell him tamales yeah. again. Uh, yeah, tamale salesman. Door-to-door tamale salesman. <laughs> Gotta respect it. <laughs> They're very good tamales, but not tonight. Um, um, you were talking about the trailer from Michael Morbius yes, after so, doing a bunch of research. Yeah, so after, after watching, um, like going through researching and learning about like the basic, you know, story about Michael Morbius. I, I thought that they actually did a really good job of encapsulating the story. I I thought like, yeah, there were maybe a couple of elements that might've been missing, but for the most part, I felt like they followed the path that it should have been. And I also very much like, I enjoyed the way that they did. So like one of the powers of Michael Morbius is he's got like an echolocation. Like he's, you know, basically like a human bat kind of thing. So he's got like a, like an echolocation, you know, um, sonar radar thing. And the way that they, like the effect that they did for that, I actually, I thought it was really cool. I liked the way that they set that up. Um, I also, I liked the way that they kind of explained his flight. They showed it as more of, it was almost like a, like a wind pushing him than it was his actual own ability to fly. Uh, like which I thought was actually really on the cool. wind, like using, yeah, using the like, wind to his advantage. Yeah, like he just, like there was just kind of a wind that pulled him kind of thing rather than him like taking off flying. Because like there's one An point where he take. almost, he almost falls off a building because this wind that would be him being able to fly starts to like take him and he has no idea what's happening. And he's like, Oh, Oh wait, <laughs> like trying to stop himself. <laughs> like it's, and that's another thing is like, they really played through a very 
medical minded, scientifically minded person trying to learn how their powers work when they discover that they've got powers. Kind of that perspective versus a yes. normal Joe Smo dude. Yeah, we're like, okay, you know, anytime you see like like we'll take Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man for for instance, his like way of testing things and finding out about his powers like he got up on a building and started like flinging his hands around trying to get web to come out and then and then he started jumping across buildings just out of nowhere like it wasn't like oh i wonder if i can you know what other things can i do and he like starts to jump and realizes he can super jump no he figures out that like he just starts running and jumping across rooftops like yeah yeah he he just like all of a sudden he just boop goes whereas like with morbius he's like okay so i've noticed that i can move a lot faster all of a sudden. So let's test this. How can I move? And then he's like, oh, I'm I'm finding, you know, that it takes a certain amount of time before the bloodlust comes back and I need to have more blood. Oh, and like he's getting like, a feel for the interval. Yeah. And he like he times how long it takes before. So that way he can specifically make sure that he goes and clever. gets more blood before because he's. The big thing about Michael Morbius, it's a very, it's a fairly ironic story. The way that, you know, it's presented in the comics, he becomes a vampire. He does bad things with his bloodlust. When his bloodlust subsides, he, um, you know, becomes aware of the bad things that he did and doesn't like that. He doesn't want to do that. So he takes measures to try and stop himself from doing that and to try and fix it so that he won't do that anymore. Trying to rid the vampirism while also keeping the cure, and every time, you know, he finds some sort of possible solution, a hero comes in and thwarts him because they think it's an evil plan because of the bad things he's done as his, you know, bloodlust vampire side. And in the movie, he, that's one thing that they didn't do was they didn't show him actually trying to find a way to rid the vampirism. It was just more of a him researching, trying to figure out how to how to keep himself from going full vampire interesting less about the cure more so about like okay well this is a thing now (laughs) yeah Yeah. accepting it i guess too too quickly maybe not exactly because like so um one thing about him that i didn't read when i was reading about the comics which this may have been an addition that they just added on his own but i guess michael morbius in this instance is uh responsible for creating a um a, an artificial type of blood. That's what I... Okay, this is one of the big gripes I've heard about the movie. Okay. This is like a, one is thing people have hated about the it. The artificial blood thing? Because okay. it's not rated R. I didn't know this about movies, but because it's not rated R, you can't actually show human, quote-unquote, blood. That's why you can't... Well, at least not okay. like in, in copious amounts. And so they had to come up with a sort of alternative and make the blood blue. Problem is, is that there was a whole freezer of blood and half of it was the blue artificial blood and half of it was red blood. So I'm sorry, but whoever's complaining about there not being copious amounts, there was equal well, amounts of the fake well, and that, the real. That, I mean, that's like, different than having somebody bags drink bugs. That's different than having someone drink tons of blood and having it be on their face and that's, on their clothes and stuff, right? It, well, there was, I mean, he got blood on his face, the other, so... I, I don't want the blue blood or the regular it. blood. Uh, it's really hard to explain this without blue blood or things. regular blood. Regular blood. Blue blood. Really? There was regular blood on people's faces on multiple occasions. Maybe they're just wrong. Because uh, I'm I, like I, I haven't seen it, but that's just what they what I've heard now. Yeah. Now listen, people. <laughs> listen, Kev. People also said that about Venom too. 
the first Venom. Yeah. It was also dogged on by critics, and I liked Venom a lot. Oh, yeah. Venom so, I mean, great. this could totally happen with Morbius, too. I was talking with, like, Matthew about that. Um, yeah. That's interesting, though, because that was one of the things people said was kind of a big deal, was that not making the movie rated R kept it from, like... For example, I'll tell you, the, the, uh, some people have complained, like... Jeremy Johns, for example, he said mm-hmm. that there was one scene where like Michael would like slash somebody and you'd hear them bleeding out. You would hear like the gushing of blood, but the camera just wouldn't show it. And it was just like a noise that was happening. And yeah. People just don't really like that, I guess. Like it just seems so. I'll, I'll give that to an extent. I'll give that. I I understand like wanting wanting to see the gore that comes with the sounds and the movements of the gore um but also in a lot of instances there were slashes that happened that were followed by immediate consumption of the blood so the lack of blood is kind of understood mm-hmm. uh <laughs> no that makes sense um so it's because that's you know they and then another and tell me if this one's wrong though just because, just because I liked hearing the criticisms, and I'm liking hearing what you have to say. Uh-huh. <laughs> Another thing he criticized was that, like Michael, for some reason, drinks the blood in the same exact way every single time, <laughs> like cut for cut, almost noise for noise, almost. Like apparently, it's almost <laughs> as if they copy pasted him doing the same thing, like you know, the artificial I, blood. Anyway, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, he is that true? Does. Okay, that was another it's big deal. It's kind of the same motion every time. Yeah, goes, oh, oh. <laughs> every time. That. Yeah, so I think <laughs> I think what it is, I think really what it is, is like surprisingly, everybody liked Jared Leto. But that's so before going into it, there were a bunch of people that were like when I when I heard people being hesitant about it, there was like one person that was like, yeah, well, the critics gave it like a 19 percent on Rotten Tomatoes and everybody else was like, yeah, I'm not really a Jared Little guy. So I don't know. I'm like, you can't base a whole movie on one actor. Well, even if you're not, like, I've heard he plays the role fine. Oh, he does he great. Seems, he seems like he does I, it great. Okay, I'm going to put this out there. I didn't know who Jared Leto was until he played Joker. Me I had neither. no idea who Me he neither. was. I only know him as Joker, and I didn't realize that he was Michael Morbius until I looked at a cast list, like, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that that was Jared Leto. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and I, think, uh, I think a lot of the issues that people have is more so, like... more so like directorial and studio and kind of movie critic or not movie critic but movie bullshit they have to go through like like i think they were limiting themselves i haven't seen the movie i'm talking like i've seen it but it's possible they might they may have it's possible with an r rating that they could have been a lot better i i will see that there's a good chance that there's a lot of things that they probably had to cut out that would have made it a lot a lot better if they had gone with an r rating um that that's fair um but i don't know i i overall i enjoyed the movie i i thought it was i thought it was good and also in the end it ties some very interesting future possibilities that i'm not gonna super go into but i am gonna say based on things that i saw in the movie and what i know uh more likely than not this is set in andrew garfield's universe 
I'll let you do with that what you will. Wow. What a fucking <laughs> bomb to drop. And we're going to end it there. <laughs> what a cliffhanger. Well. What is that was a good fucking nicely done, Kevin. Um, <laughs> so go watch Morbius. Um, if you have already and you don't like it, let us know. If you do like it, let us know. I, I personally am probably more so on your side with this one. It's probably just a case of critics being too harsh. And I think that it'll probably be a little bit more enjoyable than I think it will. Um, we'll, we'll have to come back to it one day. I'll, I'll, I'll have thoughts, I'm sure. And we might even bring a guest on for that one because I have a guest in mind that would be pretty funny to have, I think, for Morbius. Honestly, simply put, I, I went in with high expectations because I was excited for it. And I did not leave complaining about the movies so i okay yeah we'll we'll have to talk about it sometime i think i think it'll be an interesting cast (laughs) so um with that all said we're gonna wrap up for the day it's been a beautiful day outside for us so hopefully we can get out and enjoy some of it um so yeah uh i had something else that i was gonna say but i lost it so we'll just squeeze on out of here with the i watched the first episode of moon Knight, but we'll get to that another time Roll the outro music. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate you. Give us some feedback on our socials, likes, follows, and all that. They all are appreciated and help a ton. With it all being said, though, we both hope that you all stay safe, stay happy, and above all else, stay nerdy. We'll catch you next time. Have a good evening.